And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. You're listening to The Leap Report. Follow the guys on Twitter at Jonas Siegel and at Myrtle. Okay, James, it's the final podcast of... 2017. I just realized that. Are you excited to be done with this season this year? We're not done with the season. It's only well, not, the not season even halfway of through. 2017. Um, 2017 was a good year. It was a great year for the athletic. So, now all of a sudden we work together. That's true. That's good. Somehow the athletic went from seven staff to 35 or something crazy. So in Canada, so, so good. So it's, good for the athletic, but bad for the world. What's bad for the world? Oh. Well, 2017 was, was yeah. not good. That happened in 2016, like November or something, oh, that's right? That's true. Good People point. don't like it when we talk about politics and stuff. So There's we'll, lot. We probably have lots of listeners that that are. That, right, let's, yeah. let's move on. <laughs> Leaf Report podcast brought to you by Bab Socks. Shout out to Jeff O'Neill, our number one fan, big fan of the podcast. Do you think he actually listens, or does he? He just makes fun of it, doesn't he? I don't know. He sure makes fun of you. You know what's funny is that I get stuff on Twitter sometimes from like these like hammerhead fans that hear Jeff O'Neill ribbing you or whatever, and they mm-hmm. think he's serious. They think he actually doesn't like you and thinks you're bad and whatever. And then you talk to O'Dog, and he's like, "Oh, Jonas is great and whatever. He does a great job." And it's just, I think it's just, you know what it is? It's it's locker room hockey culture to like totally. make fun of a guy that's like a little bit different. Those guys are all former players. Even Hayes played junior hockey. Mm-hmm. You're the one guy that's way different. And even, like, your opinions and everything on that show are way different. But, yeah, O'Dog talks to me about the podcast, too. He's like, you make money with that shit and whatever. It's like, yeah, a little bit. Like, But we do, we kind of like doing it. We just we like talking on here. He uh, He's yet to sign up for The Athletic. That's my other quest with him. Yeah. I, can he read? <laughs> he tells me he clicks on the links and we then should... gets frustrated that he can only read a paragraph. And I'm oh. like, well... Then just sign up, and he refuses. Yeah, okay. So well, anyway, let's not waste any more time. One day he'll figure that out. Okay, so 
Tell, tell him, like everyone else that listens to the podcast, I'll give him a deal if, he's, if he sends he, me a message on Twitter. All right, done. Jeff, if you're listening, send James a message or anyone else. We actually have a really cool thing if you listen to this right now before Christmas. If you buy a gift subscription for uh, someone for The Athletic and you're already a subscriber, we'll extend your membership by two months oh. for free. That's a new thing they launched today. That's good. Yeah, it's like a last-minute thing. So spread the word. Tell other people that we exist. Because that's good, that's what we're working on doing. Good Christmas gifts, like it's yeah. Why not easy? Well, I think people like it. Yeah, some people don't know where Pierre LeBron and Eric Duhatchik and some of these people went to. <laughs> they just stopped reading them. They're like, I don't know. I get that all the time from uh, a different generation of hockey fan. They're like, Oh, I found Eric Duhatchik again. <laughs> well, the good thing is, and this is not meant to be a promotional plug, but like the good thing is, there's always something to read. Yeah, like well, always. if you really well. I mean, you're a baseball guy, right? So yeah, you so probably are like reading the baseball and basketball all well, the time. It was funny. A couple of weeks ago, we were at the rink and Lou Lamorello was there and he was saying something about, oh, management's here or whatever to me. And uh, I said, oh, I saw you're signed up to The Athletic. Are you enjoying it? And he's like, I like the baseball stuff. So I guess that means he doesn't read us. but Or does he? <laughs> I'm sure he does. All right. So his team is in an interesting spot. They're second in the division. I think second in the conference still. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Uh, okay. To, no, they might not be. The Metropolitan Division is... Yeah, Washington is like sneaky right there. Let me look at it when we're recording this. What is it right now? Conference. Conference standings doesn't... No, they are... No, 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 no. The Leafs are... Yeah, so they're tied for third in the conference right now. Okay. But they've played more games than most teams, so... Look at Washington's back there, right? Yeah. Washington's leading the division there. Anyway, let's... Um, the point is, they're in a good spot... Uh, in terms of the standings, but they're in a weird spot as to how they played for the year. You've written about this, how they don't look the same. Yeah. What stands out most about how they you think they look? Well, it's like a puzzle. We're trying to figure out why, stylistically, they don't look like last season. I wonder if last year Babcock let them go a little bit more and just let the kids play a little bit more. Like, he had that rookie line, Hyman, Matthews, Nylander, and it wasn't so much... He so, wasn't up Nylander's ass about the details as much, it didn't feel like. Now is that Nylander Didn't playing? Didn't change anything, like, yeah, ever? Yeah, right. Yeah, and this That's year he's, like, more persnickety and, like... Well, it's almost like he's now in the process of, like, we can contend for a cup, so, that, like... Yeah, so I, we're not I, goofing I, around anymore. Right, we're not messing around. I find it very frustrating. This is a thing I'll probably write tonight or tomorrow. I find it very frustrating. The one player I would like to see play more is Kapanen, because it seems like when he's yeah. in the lineup and he gets 11 minutes with Matt Martin that he makes things happen, and... And then he's just, like, sent back down or whatever. I guess maybe they don't want to play him too many minutes because they're going to have to send him back down when everyone's healthy again. But he looks like an NHL player to me. He certainly skates like an NHL player. He's a fantastic skater. And that's what the Leafs need right now is guys that can skate and create. And if you're only playing Nylander 12 minutes and Matthews is out and, like, they just look slow compared to last year. They don't look like a young, dynamic team this year. Well, so how much of that do you think is what other teams are doing to them? Oh, well... Like, I feel like that part has been a little bit under... Not appreciated, but underrated. I think that's why they looked the way they did in preseason in the first, like, six games of the year and why they've... the, The big revelatory game in that sense was that one against Ottawa in Ottawa early on in the year. Remember, Ottawa just, like, completely... Like well, they're put slowing up roadblocks. them down yeah. the neutral zone, right? Yeah, they Guy Boucher'd them to death, and then... And now he's Guy Boucher'ing yeah, them to death? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't... It, yeah, I know. Poor Ottawa fans, man. Like, I feel sorry for the... That. But, the, like, nobody who 
looked at any of this stuff, didn't see this But they coming. got that owner, and they got, like, it's just, yeah. like, the building's in the wrong spot, and they don't have enough money, and the Duchesne trade has been a disaster, and... Well, but you could have seen some of this coming. Yeah. Lots of this coming. Like, even yeah. the Duchesne trade, you could have looked at it at the time and said, like, he's really... Is he better than tourists? Like, you know what I mean? So let's take that and turn that into talking about the Leafs. If that's what's happened to Ottawa, it's like when they when the Leafs went into that game in Detroit. It's like, why are you trying to slow down the game and play? That's what the Red Wings, that's how they play. Yeah. They play a really boring, dull style. They don't have, they have Larkin, but they don't have a lot of dynamic offensive weapons. The Leafs, I don't know. I but just, how much of this do you think is them, if it is Mike Babcock kind of like gearing them up towards the playoffs, toward playing a style that you can actually win in the playoffs? Because they're like you're not going to win playing the way that they did last year in the playoffs. I suppose, but the teams that have won the cup, yeah, I would play say, fast. yeah, they play fast. Like they yeah. play with skill. Like it's not, it's not the 2004 NHL. I but mean, the, let me say this: the team that we saw last year from like March to the end of the first round that was a good version of what they could be yeah they were 12 5 and 1 to end the year and then in the playoffs five one goal games in a six game series yeah. five overtime games i think or five is it overtime four? games five i o- think they were all one goal games that's insane yeah and five overtime. and washington like was the best team and i know they lost in the second round but they played really well and they they just lost that series they outplayed pittsburgh and lost that that happens i guess do you think that's actually the way they this team has to play to win in the playoffs? How they're playing now? Yeah. Do they need to tell Jake Gardner that he's going to fire the puck off the glass? No, like, see that? I don't know if I... Like wingers blowing his own. Did you see the conversation I had with Morgan Riley that I put yes. on the site? Yes. Yeah, by the end of it, he didn't, he didn't want to have the conversation anymore. Well, because I don't think they know what they probably well, should say in those situations. Yeah. I, well, that's the thing is that once you get down to a certain layer, like it's not up to him what the system is, right? right. So he can explain to me. He's like that. He kept saying that's how we do it. So, But that was how they did it with Randy sometimes. Yeah. Where the left winger, like I always I always have this picture in my mind of James Van Dyke standing though. at the blue line and just That was even worse. It. Like, it was more exaggerated. They were just like slap shotting it to Van Reeves like, and he would barely touch it. And yeah, then, he'd nick it into the zone. They, they're not doing that right no, now. No, they're not. They're but, trying to get it to that far guy and him to make a play. But yes. some but it's games like a long some games, pass. That Minnesota game is one of the worst NHL games I've seen in a long time. It was bad. I know the Minnesota fans don't want they were on our site. We have lots of Wild subscribers because of Mike Russo. And the Wild fans were like, oh, that was a good game. And it's like, no, that wasn't good. Well, so some of the things that look different is offensively, I actually should look up like what the comparison is between this year and last year in terms of the amount of goals they're scoring. They're pretty close. I think this year they're at 3.2, and last year they were at 3.07 or something like that. They're a little bit. They just higher. had some huge games, right? They've had like two eight goal games, a seven goal game. Right. The power play's been good again, although yeah. not as good as last year. Other teams, are, I think, have started to find ways to slow them up on their entries on the power play, and that's confused that that Bozak top unit a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like in terms of like five on five, the one line that's been good in terms of the numbers, but not produced until lately. Is the Van Riemsdyk, Marner, Bozak combination? Yeah, they've been really good lately. They've been yeah. really good lately. Well, Marner but, just is a different player. Well, so let's talk about that because all the numbers would suggest that he has been a little bit better this year, or a lot of the numbers. Well, like would the underlying numbers, yeah. yeah. But played, there is played, played fewer minutes and played fewer minutes. But like he, until these last couple games, 
he didn't look the same. And, like, it's hard to, like, explain what exactly he looked like. But he was, like, darting around and, like... Like, those two plays he made at the end of the Columbus game... That's what he looked like he last looked year. He looked so confident. Yeah. Like, he just looked like, you know what? I can do whatever the hell I want, and I'm going to do it. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe there is something to... Like, I think the sophomore slump thing is stupid, but maybe there is something to... Like, you have a really good rookie year, and then it's just, like, mentally it might be just different well like, the weird thing about marner is that he had a really good like first 55 games or so he got hurt yeah, and then true. the end of his season he wasn't very good and then he came back this year and he still was that player that was tentative and tentative is a good word yeah, yeah like whereas the recent games where he's all over the ice against carolina and against minnesota or columbus. no against columbus he's he's super confident he he looks like a guy that dominated junior he looks like a guy that can be a 60 to 70 point guy every year he looks he's a dynamic player yeah he was driving the line right i well, mean did you see their share of scoring chances when he was on the ice was like 87 percent or something like that and then when he wasn't on the ice the leafs were terrible and that's pretty much what babcock said last night well the other thing that's happened to them is they haven't had and this is partly by choice and partly because of injury they haven't had that neilander matthews thing that they had last year which was just like out of Right, crazy explosive, especially in the second half. Yeah, and yeah, especially in the second half where Neilander really took <clears> off. <throat> they either haven't played Neilander as much with Matthews, or Matthews has been hurt. Like Matthews missed a quarter of the season. Right, and then he's another quarter of the season. He hasn't been himself. Yes, I think I sometimes think so. When I was writing about that they miss Matthews after the Detroit game, in some ways it's like an obvious thing, but I feel like we take it for granted a little bit that. How, how big good, an impact how it is, yeah. yes, and how big an impact it has on the lineup when he's not playing. All of a sudden, like if you're if you take him out, it just completely changes how another team goes against. Matching. I think the Leafs are pretty close to an average NHL team without him. And you he's could probably the say that about a lot of teams. Oh, for sure. I like, mean, if most teams they... lost their best player, yeah, even good teams if they lose their best player, they, you come down to average. There's just not a lot of separating the NHL. So, right. especially center ice, like that's all of your matchups are go through center ice. Mm-hmm. Well, and he just like there's just so much he does. Like he can like he's a game breaker. When he he can take the puck from his own end, get it out. He can enter it with control. Do you know what I mean? Like there's just so many things that he can do with the puck. He's the guy that all that the teams can't. focus on too when you especially right. when you're on the road. Let's their whole game plan is like let's get our top pair against him. Let's get the Leafs are just way less threatening without him. Right. And so suddenly his shot is just like Right. I mean, he shoots well, whatever four times a game, and he scores on whatever it is, 18% of his shots or 16 or whatever it is. Like, Yes. That matters a lot. Like, that, just that matters. And it's funny you mentioned that. Like, I was walking out of the ACC after the afternoon game, and there was, like, a video board playing highlights of the goal he scored against Chicago. And I'm just like, that's that's it. Like, that you can't account for that. You don't have that. And that's, like, a big thing. Like, that game, he was unbelievable. Even early this season, he wouldn't have the greatest games, and he would win them games. Because or game he would record. he would turn, like, a losing game into a tie. Or right. a guy that can score 40-45, you know, in half the games, he's... And he, and he he produces assists, too. I mean, he's had more assists this year. Well, any time he's on the ice, it seems like he has the puck. Or right. he's about to get it back. Right. And then take control and, and make something Well, you look at his it. possessions really good. His share of scoring chances is one of the best in the league. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned it. Like, so the trickle-down effect of, so he's not in the lineup. Suddenly that means either Van Riemsdyk or Neilander and Kadri are getting the other team's top pair. 
You know what I mean? So suddenly they're facing tougher competition. Like I don't think just... I give it to Kadri right now because like he's not that line's not been a threat. Yeah, we're gonna talk about that. Do you want to talk about it now? Sure. I don't even know what the schedule is or anything. Did we talk? Did we mention Babsocks? I think we forgot. No, I mentioned it. Oh, okay. Buy Babsocks. There, you just sign up to the Athletic, especially if your name's Jeff O'Neill. So you and I were texting during the Columbus game and about Kadri and the the point drought. I think it's nine games. Is that right? Yeah. Um. So I looked into the numbers, like in terms of zone starts. It's basically exactly the same as before Matthews was hurt, which sort of surprised Well, because Matthews me. was getting pretty tough zone starts, too. I know, but I figured with Matthews out, that meant that maybe Kadri would be getting a little bit more, like harder. But he's not. Like, basically, they've just gone to Marlowe or whoever. Well, they're more, they more are more concerned about Kadri, who he's against, than what zone he's taking a face-off in. Right. But now what's happened is when they've been on the road, a lot of times other teams have matched against him and Neander when they play together. Does that right. make sense? Yeah. So like when they played Minnesota, Suter and Dumba went against Kadri and Neander. Right. So it's harder. And and the big elephant in the room is Komarov. Right. That's not gone well. The big Finnish elephant in the room. I was thinking about this last night. They're probably going to lose Komarov, Bozak, and JVR. I mean, maybe they keep one of those guys. We've talked about this all year. Does it make sense to lean as so heavily on, especially Komarov, if he's not coming back? Like, what does it mean that they're playing him 19 minutes a game? But you can't think of it in that context. You have to think of it in the context of, like, what okay, uh, but it's not, is thinking. It's like, not he helping, doesn't give a shit about Yeah, I guess, but... But... He, he should think of, let's win a championship with this team. And, like, what, is that, what, what does that look like? Sure. Well, But it can't look like Komarov playing this many minutes. There's well, just it doesn't, nothing. Well, I guess what I'm saying is it doesn't make sense on like a game to game level. It doesn't make sense on like a long term right. picture Neither level. Picture it doesn't. Sense. It doesn't make sense in any way. Well, because they're getting filled in when he's been on the ice, and they're not scoring at all or generating. Do you think Komarov's just ice. old and has slowed down? Yeah. Well, like, what was the thing that really made him really good early? He had like all this energy. He yeah, was, he was always on the puck. He was he? on the puck. He was. Great on the, the four top check. four checker, yeah. He's just like you lose a little bit. Maybe the system where they're dumping it in more is hard on him. I just think like physically, when you lose a little bit of that edge, you're just not as effective. I love Leo Komarov, but he does not strike me as a guy that like in the off season is like in the gym every single day and like a complete workout workout that. animal. He's a big guy. I just think like you, I don't know, you can't play that style forever. Like it's like. Yeah. It's like in tennis, like people, and it hasn't really happened, but like people would look at Rafa Nadal and they'd say, like, there's no way you can play that physically forever without it like wearing down. And I'm not comparing Leo to Rafa, but like you lose a little bit of that physical edge and you're not as effective. But I just don't like, I I don't know what Babcock is. He must just think like he can trust Komarov. That must just be it. It's like a, it's a little bit of Carlisleism with McClement. It's like guys he trusts, he plays too much. He trusted well, he loves like weak defensemen. Plays. Yeah, yeah. Like I, if the lineup was optimized more, Zaitsev would play less, Komarov would play less, Nylander would play more, especially when they're down a goal. Like he just, Well, he does that. He does change that. Like what he'll do when they're down a goal sometimes is he'll put Komarov on the, on the fourth line. And he'll go Marlowe, Kadri, yeah, Neander. Not enough, like though, I don't think. Like, like last night they're down to Columbus. And, you know, Martin's still getting a shift with, like, nine minutes left and whatever. Yeah, that and it's, Like, 
But so to your point, like in it, you could play Brown, Kadri, Kapanen. Yeah, I want to see more of Kapanen. Yeah. I just wonder if, okay, yeah, they're trying to contend this year, but you're also trying to contend for like the next three or four years. You got these guys that aren't going to be here, that aren't playing particularly well. What worked last year was turning the roster over to the kids more than any team. I think I think the rookies played more minutes than any team in NHL history it, it, since we have the ice time. Well, they All had the, like a million rookies. Right. And they produced, I think they were second in the number of points produced by rookies ever. And the other one was Winnipeg in 1992 or whatever when Solani had 8 billion points. And it just feels like they've gotten away from that. And it's it feels like... It feels like a lot of Polak, Zaitsev, Komarov. Uh, Hyman's played well. I mean, obviously, he's still a young guy. But just and interjecting Marlowe, too, has like, he's played well, but it just feels like they're leaning heavily on these older guys. Well, Hainsey, Hainsey's another one. Like, Hainsey has been slowing down. It's almost like yeah. they, they played him too much. And we're only 36 games in, and Hainsey's already below 50% possession. Yeah, and if you as look he's over, worn down. And if you look over it over like a month, he's like I think it's like 47, 48. Yeah. Which shouldn't surprise it. No, that's that's, that's kind of what we what thought. It should be. But what do you do? Like the problem the Leafs have is they don't have anyone on right defense. Like that's the that was well, so, and they almost dodged a bullet in not getting Travis Hamonic because he's been really brutal for Calgary. Yeah, but that's a, that was the problem they were trying to solve in the summer, and they didn't really. They brought in Hainsey, who was great for the first what like twenty games, and well, and they also boxed themselves in with Zaitsev. Right, like in an ideal world, Zaitsev's on your third pair, right D, and then you're okay. Like that's fine. Yeah. Playing a ton of PK. Yeah, playing against third and fourth lines. I think that's, that's probably what he is. Like based on this season. But now they're paying him like a top four, and they're paying him until right. you know Trump's not president anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so that's not good. He can, maybe he'll change those rules and he'll be president for a while. Maybe he'll get rid of the term limit. <laughs> it wouldn't be surprised. So what do you think their optimal lineup would look like? Like would in an ideal world are you obviously in an ideal world. Matthews and Nealander are back playing together. Yeah, and I think you leave Hyman on that line. I think you I just think so. you just keep trying to get that line going again. Okay, and so Kadri, who who? Marlowe, Kadri, Brown. Yes, I guess so. And then Van Riemsdyk, Bozak, Marner. Right, and obviously, and an then ideal... you got to then you got to send Kapanen down. I mean, they're not going to play him on the fourth line. Well, in an ideal world, your fourth line is Komarov, Moore, Kapanen, but that's not happening. Right. <laughs> we don't need to go over that. That no, it's just right the now, same. But... It's the same debate we've been having since the beginning of the year. I don't even think it's a debate. It's basically settled. We talk a lot about like who's on what line and like who's on what pair, but what we were talking about off the top, just in terms of. Style of play, I think, is a big problem. Well, one other thing I wanted us to get to is their penalty kill. Which um, hasn't been very good. I think it's like bottom five in terms of attempts that they're allowing per 60. Yeah. Um, and percentage-wise, they're at like 81% or something like that. Which yeah, is which is okay. a bit down from last yeah. year. But I think A lot of that is Anderson's made a lot of saves on the penalty kill. And yeah, I that, believe they have the fifth best penalty killing save percentage. And they had a high one last year, too. I mean... 
we would typically expect that to regress and come down. So, but maybe there's pop- some noise there in terms of where the attempts are coming yeah, from. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that what they try and do with Hainsey Zaitsev Polak is crowd the front of the net and like take away, block a lot of shots. And mm-hmm. Zaitsev's good at blocking shots. Like that's kind of number one in the league. Yeah, I don't know if he is anymore, but that's he that's was. kind of his wheelhouse. He's that kind of defenseman. But what was interesting, and I looked at the numbers today. Um, Again, and now he broke his foot. There's too much noise. It's hard to really like pin down. But if you look at like the last month, uh, Zaitsev, Komarov have not been as good. Hyman, basically their first unit hasn't been as good at killing penalties. Yeah, which is a problem because that first unit plays a lot, a ton. You, you wonder if it's just your point, like they're playing Hainsey too much, and you see the effect of like you take one person out of the group, uh, Zaitsev, and suddenly like you have to play Polak more. Or right. they choose to play Polak. Right. So. This problem on right defense and having a right defenseman hurt and having a center hurt. Like losing Zaitsev and Matthews, even if we don't like how Zaitsev has played this year, they just don't have well, a lot of... Well, it just weakens your they lineup. They don't have a lot of depth to take care of that. They have depth. They don't have depth that's good enough. They don't have depth at right defense or center that yes. can fill those spots. I mean, that's why they got Marlowe playing i think the discussion more is what's the optimal lineup without matthews although like well we're assuming matthews is back after christmas yeah i would assume that um maybe he'll go home to arizona for christmas and then they've got a game there right after well so i was thinking about that um and i know they mentioned on the broadcast but i've been thinking about it for a few days now we've been talking about it like around the rink um the one thing is matthews needs will need to practice before he plays right so if he's in Arizona for Christmas, right? Then he'll miss that practice. Then he'd miss that practice, which means he wouldn't play in Arizona, mm. which means he wouldn't play the next night in Colorado, which means he wouldn't come back until the Vegas game. You're going to make him fly back and forth, aren't you? Well, yeah, like, a heartless media. It's member. the only way for them to fulfill this idea that he needs to practice, which is what they've said. Which is what it, that's what the rule of what it's typically been, right? Yeah. And Lou is not one to make exceptions for individuals. <laughs> well, they could make, yeah. Because he theoretically, he could practice. On his own in Arizona or That's whatever. not a practice. Yeah. But did you think – I thought it was really interesting what Babcock, um, A, decided to play Nealander at center again on the road. Mm-hmm. It's It seems like a good idea based on like mm-hmm. that they need to find out what That's he what is. I but I was still surprised. I think because Marlowe struggled on that trip last week. I don't think Marlowe played very well at center. No, and they were getting real, they were getting hard matchups too. And they were getting filled in. Yeah. Like that line was typically at the bottom in terms of possession and mm-hmm. Well, he was basically using them like he would use Matthews. Dello Tyler Dello looked at the Athletic at how Marlowe had played at center in his career in San Jose and basically said probably okay defensively, probably not a lot of offense, probably not ideal to do this long term, but he'll be fine. But he, Marlowe is just better as a winger. He's better as a like a hard forechecking, good skating. Well, and he's really good coming on down the wing and scoring. Right, and that's what Babcock actually said when he was talking about why he doesn't like doing it. Is he feels like Marlowe will score more playing the wing? Yeah, well, that's what that's what Dello found in the data too when he looked at it. Yeah. Is that the lines when Marlowe was a center were just kind of he's probably tops out as like a third line center, whereas as a winger he can be a top. Line or second line guy, but I did think it was interesting that Babcock said he wasn't even sure that they'd play Neilander at center next year, because that changes like the big picture. Because if he's not a center next year, they need a center. Yeah, 
But I'm sure really need maybe, th- maybe that'll be an organizational conversation in the summer. Do we have to sign a center? Is Nylander ready? Yeah. I really think he wants to. He wants to play center. A lot. Right. The amount of... Every time, like, he's Most been... Most players do. Well, he, he, he is a center. Right. Kadri, uh, when they had him on the wing... That was really brief. He barely played on the wing. But I remember talking to him about why he wanted to be center, and he just said the game is different. Sure. When you're a center, you have the puck more. You're, he said it's more like these aren't exact, exact words, but he's like you're in the middle of the ice. You have the puck. It's more like you're like the quarterback. Like you're yeah, exactly you're, right. you're you're like the maestro. You're yeah. And guys, it makes sense that Nylander, That's where he fits. Every time that they've been about to play him at center, he spends like half an hour extra on the ice after practice. Yeah. Like uh, last week, he no everybody had gone, and he was still doing drills by himself. Mm-hmm. His dad was a good center. Yeah, not like him though. Like not this obviously not the same type of player at all. No, his dad was that a was playmaker, setup. Guy. Yeah, his dad was like a beautiful passer. He didn't have the shot that Willie has. Well, so let's talk about Neilner's season because I think we would. Say it's been slightly disappointing, slightly maybe. Yeah, I would. Well, I mean, he's spent time on the fourth line, so. But that's not his fault. Well, I mean, Babcock would argue it's his fault. Not having Matthews makes a big difference. Like when he's with Matthews, the numbers for both him and Matthews are a lot better. Yeah. Which shouldn't surprise anyone. So if he, you put him at center, he's not going to be with Matthews. No. No, that's true. The one thing that hasn't worked is him with Kadri. And they've done that a lot. It's interesting that they're trying to win this year by playing this like grinding playoff style. And then next year the roster is going to be so much different. That's just the thing I keep going over in my mind. It's just, I guess every team has turnover, but the Leafs just seem like they're going to have a lot next year. Mm. At least forwards anyway. If they choose not to sign somebody. Then you go watch the Marlies, and the Marlies are all over the puck, and they're supremely talented, and... One guy who I thought looked... I went to the Marlies game with my son on Saturday. I thought Miro Altonen looked really, really good as, like, a guy... You could know, be your fourth-line center Good skater. Year. Or he yeah. could be your third-line center next year. Well, I think that's, like, going a little bit too far. Sure. I mean, he hasn't produced a ton down there, but it's just, like, a guy who can really skate, who's learning to play well defensively. Um, Andreas Janssen I still really, really like. I don't know. It's... Well, that's like that's the Tampa model. You just plug the guys in you have in your system. I think the thing with you're saying with Nylander is that it's still fairly early, and what we've seen with Marner is that a switch can get flipped pretty fast with those guys. Like it's not like his skill has abandoned him. Well, what did we see in the second half last year? Right, like he was he might have been their best forward in the second half. Right, he was awesome. I wonder if Babcock gets away from this like punishment or whatever's happening with Nylander and just starts playing him a lot more down the stretch. Because like, if they're going to legitimately try and be a contender, he's going to have to play a lot mm-hmm. and be good. Yeah. Maybe the teaching is the first 40 or 50 games, and then the, the payoff is at the end. Here, here's a question for you. So we're like 36 games in. Trade deadline is usually around like 58, 60. What would you do at the trade deadline with this team if they are where they are, where they're you know, second in the Atlantic and have home ice advantage? You have to go through Tampa if you stay in that spot to, to win the division. What should they do? So it's funny you ask me this. I've been, I'm going to be doing, actually, it's a plan to do a, a midseason interview with Lou, and that is one of the questions that I'm going to ask him. I have like a list of questions that 
I'm oh, I'm sure he'll tell you everything. Well, I'm, I'm sure you'll get the whole game plan. I'm gonna ask him. Um, Here are the ten players we would like to acquire. It's tough, man. <laughs> like they need, they obviously need a top four defenseman. That is not easy to get. It's not easy to get a right shot, a right shooting, top four defenseman. I think that's what they need. I think they could use another center. Yeah. Um, so I would buy. I just don't know. So, so then the question is, okay, well, what do you, you give up? What do you give up? So How like, heavily do you so buy? Let me ask you this in retort. Um, if it costs you Kasperi Kapanen, do you give up no, that to get a top with, four defenseman? With three forwards UFA, and I think it's okay, going to be tough for them to keep JVR, you got to keep Kapanen. So then you give up a first-round pick. Right. I guess or one of your just, other prospects. Or, okay, so who? Uh, like, so that's Tyler Bozak. That's the thing. Like it's like if you your, want something, you goalies. have to pay something. Here, take one of these AHL goalies. Yeah, I don't think that's going to get you much. Curtis McElhaney and Dominic Moore, final answer. <laughs> but they need help. Like they're. Is Eric Fair still? They could move him. Yes. Josh Levo. You're not taking this exercise seriously. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't. But know. I guess that. But the I don't point, know what they're acquiring. So. Well, if you're going to try to get a top four defenseman, you're going to have to pay. Like, like a rental? Did, There's not even like any good rental right defensemen, are there? What did Chara? Kevin, Chara's a lefty. You though. don't want Chara. What well, did Kevin Shattenkirk require in a trade? Here, I'll look it up. Yeah, but they're not gonna get. Well, isn't that what they need? A top four defenseman? I'm not saying him. So to get, well, they gave a they gave up a crop. Uh, yeah, I know. That's why it's ridiculous. Jeez, they gave up one, two, three, four, like five assets. Yeah, if you count Brad Malone as, yeah, a, which as an asset. Yeah, so minus that. Including a first-round pick and a second. Anyway, it depends how good the player is that they're looking at. Of course it does. But they need help. Like, And they could use another center. That much is clear. It's almost with Matthews out, they should focus on getting Javier Bozak Marner going. They need that line going. Cause That's it has they've been, done. Yeah, well, I know it is, but for like, it's been going for like two games or whatever. Yes. Van Reems like has had 12 attempts on goal against Columbus and seven shots. He was great. Marner had seven shots too. Yeah. Yeah, it was perfect timing for my JVR is amazing well, so, story. Oh, yeah, we were supposed to talk about that. We're going to talk I gotta about go that. i got to go soon. Okay, so let's talk about that i got five minutes. Um, I guess the question is, like, were you? Su- I guess you probably weren't surprised that he would be doing what he was doing in terms of working out with Adam Oates. Like, he's a bit of a nut. With that stuff. JVR? Yeah. Yeah, well, you know that. You've talked to him about that over there. Sure. Like JVR it's... is the best, well, maybe Connor Carrick, but I was going to say JVR is one of the best conversationalists in the dressing room. And one time I was talking to him, like, it was in, like, October or something, and he's like, this, that's, he said, that's something I've been working on with Adam Oates. And I was like, oh, that's interesting you're working with Adam Oates. And then I went back to him a couple weeks later, and we just talked just about that. And he was, he wouldn't tell me anything. Like, he wouldn't tell me anything they were working on, like what they were trying to get better at. He just, he was like super secretive about it. He wouldn't tell me any players that Adam Oates works out with. I had to do it. I had to go do that research that on my own. He's like, oh, you should, you should call Adam and, and maybe he'll tell you something. And of course, Oates didn't tell me anything. So the story could have been better if I had more details. But no, it didn't surprise me. What surprised me was JVR is like all in with Adam Oates, whereas, Oates is kind of like a bit of a controversial figure and some players work with him and decide not to again. But there are, are a few star players, uh, Shifley in Winnipeg, Wheeler in Winnipeg, Zach Parise, Steven Stamkos, that swear by what he teaches them. And this wasn't in the story, but as much as I could find out 
what he works on. He works on like little subtle things like how to pick the puck up off the boards, how to make sure you get the puck down flat when it's coming to you, just like really minutia kind of stuff. Hmm. And I wonder if that's helped uh, Van Riemsdyk in terms of his two-way play because his numbers in terms of possession and in terms of uh, share of scoring chances are, are the best of his career. Yeah, and attempts against are down. I think right. attempts up, four are up. Right. So I think it's just some of those little transition plays, like picking the puck up and like making better passes and stuff like that. I mean, it makes sense Oates would be good at teaching that. Yeah. I think he's just learning some really subtle things. The thing that interests me the most about talking to James about this is uh, I said to him, you know, I've heard from other players that they like to invest some money in like trainers and whatever up front because they feel like they'll get it back on their next contract. And he was like, no, he basically, I didn't have that part on tape, but he's like, that's not, that's not why I'm doing it. I'm doing it because I want to get better. He, he basically said like, he thinks about getting better a lot, all the time. And that's, he wants to be like Patrick Marlowe. He, you know, he, he wants to be in the league another 10 years. He doesn't want, he doesn't want to like, flame out at 32 or 33 and this is his last contract and whatever that's he loves hockey it's his whole life it's what he moved he lives in minnesota in the offseason he's from new jersey and part of it is because the offseason training and hockey and whatever is so good does it does what you found out make you think if you were a team like let's say you're the leafs would this make you more willing to bet on him long term yeah, I think it should make you more willing just because he's super dedicated. And I know that there's been a lot of criticism over his career about how good of a, how good is JVR defensively. And he was part of those Kessel lines that often struggled defensively. But he's working to get better at that. You know, he doesn't he doesn't think he's bad defensively. I mean, that's not. But he he wants to be a more well rounded player. Basically, I said it's kind of weird you're working with Oates because Oates is such a different player than you. Everyone thinks of JVR as just this net front guy that's really mm-hmm. good with the puck there, and even that's how Babcock talks about him sometimes. But he said he's he's just he's learned a lot from Oates because Oates sees the game so much differently than most people do. Well, if you take him off their team, let's say next year, it's a lot of goals. That's a lot of goals, and like as much as as great as Marner is and can be. There's got to be someone who capitalizes on a lot of those chances, and he's really good at that. This year, it's like half a goal a game. So, like, yeah. they're scoring 3.2. It would take you down to 2.7. I mean, obviously, someone would get some of those minutes. But JVR isn't even playing that many minutes. Like, in the story, what I was looking at, I looked at goals per minute. He's sixth in the whole NHL. Mm-hmm. The guys who are ahead of him are, it's like, I think it's Kucherov, Ovechkin, Anders Lee with the Islanders. See, I it's, would counter that. I think it's a really smart way to use him to just – Put him in the office. Should probably play a little bit more in fourteen minutes. Play a little minutes. bit more. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Which line do you play less? The Kadri line. I almost wonder if you play him with a better center. Like if Bozak gone and you've got JVR, like who do you play with? I guess Kadri. That's your shutdown line. That doesn't right. make sense. Well, like, maybe, you play... maybe Matthews is your shutdown line. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. It's it's it, it's pretty interesting. The and I thought it was funny that. I, I talked to JVR's brother about how TVR JVR drags TVR out to do all this stuff Apparently too. They don't use he doesn't go by TVR. Is it's, that true? It sounds weird. JVR sounds better than TVR. Does it? Well, it sounds the same to me. Oh. Is there anything else you want to talk about? I had Zaitsev on here. Um, well, we did talk we about did Zaitsev. Talk about that. Yeah, I think we talked about everything. I wrote about Anderson, but we've talked about him tons. 
Yeah. People don't seem super... I don't know. The Anderson stories never do big numbers for us. I wonder why. Maybe he's not... People don't think he's that interesting. I just think, like... They just want him to be there and stop the puck and... I guess. Unless we... I think we, if we write about Anderson again, we've got to get, like, some, like, really... Something really different or... What I, I had know. was really... Yeah, it was good. Sort of. Anyway. It was good. You can go to The Athletic and yeah, read that. Yeah, go to The Athletic, click on Leafs, read everything. And then... And then buy seven then seven gift subscriptions. Send a million messages to Jeff O'Neill on Twitter that he yeah. should sign up. Yeah, tell well, tell O'Dog that the Leaf Report podcast is your favorite podcast and that The Athletic is the best website on earth. Just tweet that to him with no context and we'll see how many of those he gets. Does he, does he even read his mentions? I don't know. A lot of those guys don't. All right. But we'll see. Okay, podcast, as always, brought to you by Babsocks. We will be back probably not next week, right? 2018. I don't think so. I think we're on holidays. 2018. So everyone have a happy holiday and a Merry Christmas and everything. And Oh, my phone's ringing now. That's Bye. It. Thanks for tuning in to The Leaf Report. Follow the guys on Twitter at Jonas Siegel and at Myrtle. Oh, 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 oh